Listen up, Gotham. This is Batman. Tune into the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. And if you don't, I'll be coming for you. Hey, everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic podcast. Here we are in full swing, season two, full effect. I've got my co host, Ben and Evan, in the house as always. We got our longtime sponsor, Radar Toys. Go to radartoys.com, get free shipping in the US, and use the code BATFANPOD to save an extra 10% on your order. Now, today, we're going to follow up where we ended last season, talking about some episodes of Batman the Animated Series. We have yet to get into the redesigns, the later seasons that aired on WB, the new Batman adventures. We're going to go through a very poignant episode. This is Over the Edge. This is the new Batman adventures. This episode is called Over the Edge from 1998, directed by Yoshiro Yano, written by Paul Dini, who, of course, from the animated series. And a lot of this wonderful cast continues. Kevin Conroy, Lauren Lester, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., Tara Strong, Robert Costanzo, and Bob Hastings, of course, from GCPD. And then we have uh, Matthew Valencia playing Tim Drake. This is a show we haven't talked about yet. We did the end of last season on the animated series after doing a couple of the spinoffs in film. But we should talk about this is set a few years later. It came out on a different channel. You have some different players involved. What do we think about this version of the Bruce Tim world? I've never seen any of this, and I really liked it. I hadn't until yeah. very recently. I feel like I've watched more of this than the original series. Really? But like the designs don't look familiar to me. But just the overall like tone and the way the animation looks is more familiar to me. So I don't really know. If that's the case, I've only watched a few episodes of this. But I like it more than the original series. Primarily for that reason. Because I like the animation more. Uh-huh. And I actually, I like the simple designs more. And... um the tone seems darker too, like consistently darker and more serious. Uh That's funny because I specifically chose this episode after watching for the first time these last two seasons going, wow, this is stupid. (laughs) There'll be like two or three episodes in a row where they're like fighting some big animal thing. And it's just like, you know, I'm just like on my phone half the time, like, God, none of this matters. And I think though the animation improved in many ways, this was also considered kind of a downgrade in some of the, uh, the redesigns, particularly in characters that we don't really see here. But like Joker is really odd looking and loses a lot of his sinister facial features. I kind of like the Joker more in this. It was weird when I saw pictures of it, but I, I saw an episode or two where he was in it, and it has that same thing that I like from the book we talked about, like the, the eyes. The beady just, eyes. They're just not. Mm. So it makes him look more inhuman, which I like. I don't know. I, I was really disappointed by a lot of the redesigns, particularly the Joker being the standout, but then others where it's like Harley Quinn is almost identical. Batman, I'm 
indifferent over really. Like I do like the plain black emblem and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like the way that Bruce Wayne looks more than the original one. Really? I, I like this Bruce Wayne a lot. Those like ice blue eyes look way cool. What I do really like in terms of their character redesigns, they made improvements on Batgirl specifically. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because on the original, you have these two female characters, Batgirl and Catwoman, who are done in this sort of plain gray. Mm-hmm. And I think they look good, but they both went with black revamps in this series. And I think Catwoman looks worse because they give her this weird, like Joker's face color. His skin tone is like a bluish dead person hue yeah and they give selena that as well which is strange because they show her out of costume and she looks way better way more comic accurate she's awesome but then when she puts on a mask like her skin is a different color and it's just weird well and her whole costume looks like detailless exactly yeah it's It's just just a silhouette with a face it's just a latex suit or something yeah. Yeah, like they forgot to draw in details. Yeah. In Batman Returns, though, Selina, either in costume or just after the cat lick bath, does <laughs> she gets like pastier. Yeah. And maybe they're trying to a little visual nod to that. Well, as you say that, it actually it looks a lot like that Catwoman, just without all the interesting stitches stitching. and stuff. Yeah, gotcha. and I th- I think what the stitching does, it's almost like what fishnets do to like a leg or something is it is it gives you the dimension you know yeah versus they did the same thing with batgirl they take this sort of plain gray suit and they give it the all black treatment right and i think it works so well on barbara already all the female characters in bruce tim's designs i mean they have such light and presence in their faces but here i think you know, her colors just really pop. Her suit looks really sleek and cool. I think she looks cooler than Batman, honestly, in this. <laughs> yeah, well, because her suit has a lot of interesting, like, accents and contrasts. Yeah. With her hair and the belt and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you've got blacks, blues, yellow, uh, her red hair, everything, you know. I think the Gordon redesign is particularly interesting because a few years have passed here, and now he has kind of more of a Bat family. Nightwing is doing his own thing. And they also show that time passed because when you look at Gordon, he looks older. He's slimmer. Uh-huh. His neck is a little more, I don't want to say like emaciated, but he just, he looks like an older man, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what I would say, though. He, he looks thinner and more feeble now. Because he was gray-haired and everything before, but he still was really broad and, and yeah. built. Another thing that changed here, some of the old-fashioned details like the title cards are gone yeah also in elevating the animation they had to do away with a lot of the really nice old-fashioned matte painting background stuff and so they're able to do a lot more action wise Uh but it definitely feels more like cartoony than coming straight out of burton there are some painted backgrounds, though, I think. Uh, I think there's some. Yeah, but it's just not a... It's not the same it's tone. It's a different yeah. tone. It feels like it does all of the same stuff that the original series did, but just better. It's even more the, focused. 
it has like a clarity and a brightness that the original one lacks. It implements like quick parts of like CG vehicles or some of the shots they do where um, something goes over the edge and the camera follows it or something like that. It goes over the edge? <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does some, some really cool things. This just seems like an upgrade in skill level that it pulls off some stuff that the previous series didn't. And all the while, none of it looks hokey to me because we've watched things where the vehicles look totally stupid and totally stand out. And this all is fused very well to me. Yeah, actually, I mentioned how some of the newer films are a little bit linked to this era. Uh And yet the animation is smoother on these 90s episodes than on some of the newer ones that look like almost like a really low frame rate or they're kind of choppy or something. Well, I think, I mean, my guess is on that some of that newer stuff, the budget's just low or relatively low compared. This Mm. show was probably a big moneymaker. I think they invested a lot into it. But this revamp was, I think, on like the WB or something. It wasn't a Fox show anymore. Mm. But it was probably like a big temple thing. Come watch the WB. We have Batman cartoons. For sure. Yeah. Batman and Superman after school. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the story here. We have a really exciting opening where the first line we hear is Bruce Wayne, stop where you are, as the GCPD swarms the Batcave and Batman and Robin are on the run. I mean, what an opening. To slightly backtrack when I'm watching stuff on HBO and the intro comes on, and then there's a little bubble that says, skip intro. And I was like, what the fuck? Who the fuck would do that? Like, why would I do that? Why is this an option? (laughs) Yeah, I've actually made that comment before on uh, my Instagram. It was just like, if you skip the intro on this show, we are not friends. Like, (laughs) you just can't. I get it more for like if you're binge watching hour long dramas. Oh, yeah. If it's a show that doesn't have a great intro, you skip it. But this show, it's such a short intro, a short show. I've been watching The Sopranos on HBO after many, many, many years, and um, I skip that every time. It's long. It's a bad song. It's boring. But this fifty minutes of show to watch after it. Yeah, yeah. But with this, it's like I watch three or four episodes in a row and still watch the intro every time because it's awesome. I was going to say, I feel like your accent's coming back again. Oh, I'm getting worked up. I was really tired. When we when we did the last episode, I was still waking up. I just got out of bed. Oh man. But yeah, one thing that I will point out on that note, they stopped doing the whack montage adventures of Batman and Robin intro that we saw at times. And I know you guys don't watch it like I do, but they would switch. I watch it with the TV off. I just listen. Well, they would switch back and forth, and they, they wouldn't use that theme song. They would use the the Shirley Walker, bah, 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 uh, which is still great, but like the fact that they removed that on and off for the later episodes, I was really glad when I started watching this that they brought it back. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Nice. I don't think I've seen the other one. Gotcha. We talked about it a little bit on the robin's reckoning episode i think but anyway this intro yeah it's exciting waste no time yeah this episode covers a lot of ground that just really 
I mean, for a, for an already short show, they cram uh-huh. a lot in there. Yeah, this is really, really good pacing. They got a lot done, and they make everything land. It all resonates in a way that's that's hard to do on this. I watched half a dozen episodes or more before this one came on. The way that it started and just everything that happens in the first five minutes or so was just like, wow, this one really stands apart from the sillier kind of stereotypical episodic formats, you know? Well, I know the first episode of this version of the show is... Uh, Holiday Nights. Like a, yeah, the anthology, just kind of like little mini-stories. It's kind of somewhat silly about the villains and characters, which is very different from this. This is not silly at all. Yeah, I like this tone quite a bit. We have them shooting after Batman in the cave, just like open fire right out of the gate. and um, Shoot that kid! Yeah, shoot that child. He's with the man I, that we want. I like that part. He pushes the penny, and the guys are like, "Penny, fall back!" But no one like sidesteps. Like you, you just have to. Yeah. It's like a, it's a full on retreat. Yeah, and uh, Alfred actually dives on Commissioner Gordon when he's got his firearm drawn to save Bruce and buy him some time to get the fuck out of there. The two old guy partners. Um, mm-hmm. kind of fighting over what to do here. Oh, by the way, they get out on the uh, the bat boat, the ski boat, whatever. Nightwing torpedoes the cops. Mm-hmm. They're out in the middle of the harbor. They're going down. Like, you no, know, he's like Red Hood. He's like he knows all the backstories of all those police officers. Like that guy's an Olympic swimmer. He's extra <laughs> fast. He'll float. Yeah, he'll I'm make okay it. Blowing. Yeah. I just surprised because normally, like, if they throw somebody off a bridge or something, it's got to show them, pop their head back up from the water. I'm okay, uh-huh. you know. But in this, I was like, damn, they're shooting at Tim Drake right out the gate. They are shooting a missile at the fucking water cops. Yeah. <laughs> His mullet looks so dope in this. It's about as good as a mullet can look. I'm sure you're sincere, but I hate it. I think. Other than the modern Nightwing where he just has relatively short hair. Yeah. He would have looked better with like Luke Skywalker hair. Maybe mm. like shoulder length or but evenly length rather than like a hockey player, like you know, very tight and short in the front and just long flowing in the back. Yeah. With one of those Padawan rat tails. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good he should have that. His hair is fucking banging in this. I was just rewatching Straight Out of Compton last night and uh Cube had the big Jerry curl early on and Ange is a hairstylist and she was like, do you know how they actually have to do that? She's like, you have to put in the relaxer to straighten it and then you have to recurl it a different way. And I was like, man, you know, coming out of the 80s and shit, like the, the Jerry curl is the black mullet. <laughs> it's an <laughs> extreme know? hairstyle that has not stood the test of time. No, not uh-huh. at all. And it's it, the way it hangs in the back and everything. I was like, that's, yeah, that's the black mullet. Just, the joke in Coming to America where, when they all sit on the couch and then they get up, there's just a grease stain where they were all sitting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so here we have the uh, flashback explaining to you how this happened, right? I like that they don't just start at the beginning of the story. And they start with some of the crazy shit because it catches your attention right away. But then they, they go back and the Scarecrow has taken over the Capitol. Sorry, that's real life. Uh, City Hall. And <laughs> Batgirl chases him up to the roof 
and gets thrown off the roof. The perspective that they draw here is City Hall is like a skyscraper, you know, or something like Mm -hmm. she falls far, you know, in any other case, grappling hook, save the day, swing right out of there. But we watch her fall for what seems like some time. And then you see Bullock and Gordon pull up around the corner. Her body lands on the hood of the car. Holy shit. Like, again, watching a bunch of silly episodes, never seen this era of the show before. And then that happened. I'm just like on the edge of my seat. Like, oh, my God. Uh, Gordon comes out. He scoops her up. Like, are you okay? Don't move or whatever. And then she says, Dad, it's just devastating. And and it becomes clear that in this version, he didn't know he's trying to digest all this at once. And Uh I mean, it's so powerful. And when Batman swoops down, Gordon's like, I trusted you, you fucking asshole. You would take out my kid and not tell me this. Like, you know, just the betrayal, the shock, the heartbreak. I mean, for a cartoon, this is crazy. Weighty content. We should spoil it now. I would like to spoil it. The end. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, have you not finished this either? Yeah, <laughs> I'm watching it right now. <laughs> Wait, you yes, want to do ahead. the end now at the beginning? Yeah, because it's, it's 20 minutes long, and it's fundamental to my the way I looked at the episode. Okay. Because having not seen this, not knowing anything about it, and you like explicitly said, don't you dare read anything, don't look at it all. Because the HBO synopsis of it is the whole spoiler. But because uh, I'm not a stupid kid, the moment I saw a Scarecrow, and then immediately after that, Batgirl dying horribly, I'm like, oh, this is a dream or hallucination. Like, oh, immediately. Really? Because no, there is no way they did any of that for real. You can't kill Batgirl on a children's cartoon, but you can pretend kill her. That's all right. See, we, you're, you're we a are, smart guy, Ben. You're using your intellect, and I'm caught up in the emotion. You know, uh, I know. I, I totally felt it, but I was like, there is no way this happened. Like, you're lying to me. These feelings aren't real. (laughs) None of it's real. It's fake. It's all fake. And that's why it works, because it doesn't matter. And I think we'll save some of the spoilers. Yeah. But in that moment, I was like, I immediately knew what was going on and what happened. I was surprised that she was not instantly killed in the fall. Turned into like a pancake or just... Yeah, Yeah, that she wasn't like a big old mush pile and that she actually got to talk to her dad. Well, if she had landed on the pavement... That would not have happened, but I guess the hood of the car made her last another 30 seconds. Yes. <laughs> I will believe this. Hey, it's still a better death than Miranda Tate. Yeah, that is... Wow. No, I, I mean, other... Low blow. <laughs> no, it, I, sincerely. Wow. But there's other stuff in this episode and later episodes where, like, it's the same thing that I've talked about where the whole idea of them jumping, the distances they jump, from roof to roof and like the height, even if you're an Olympic level athlete, that break your legs. Yeah. So some of that combined with like the, you don't really, I mean, it looks like she falls off a skyscraper, but it could be stylistically not as high as it looks, but just yeah. the way they present it is really high. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that the city hall would be 40 stories high, but like <laughs> it's Gotham. I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> I like that when, I mean, a lot happens very quickly. This character is dying. Her identity is revealed. Batman shows up and there's this, oh my God, why didn't you fucking tell me? 
and then Bullock shows up right behind him, weapon drawn, going like, no, you're not getting out of this shit. And mm. that man sort of stays cold and does not surrender himself. And Bullock actually shoots at his feet right there. It's just like, okay, the, the threat is imminent. They're not fucking around. You know, serious business. Like, shit just got really real. This is right up my alley. If you're going to take, mm. okay, let's take this uh, series and make it uh, sillier and brighter and more fun and action packed. And I'm like, eh. And so this one just like, holy shit, they're doing what? I forgot to say that after Barbara gets tossed off the building and Batman comes around the corner when he punches Scarecrow. That is such a good punch. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Fuck you! <laughs> it's like thunderous. It's like Superman level sound punch. He's like, I can't save her at this point, but I can break your jaw. I can crush your well, face, though. Well, because everything was kind of on the table at that point. I was like, oh, is he just going to throw him off the building, too? <laughs> or like, mm-hmm. bash his head in or something? Yeah, and, you know, in my calm Batman wouldn't snap very much and if he did then it would have to be really justified and that seemed like a very justified scenario yeah like yeah just punch the crap out of that dude right now next scene is where bruce is at home wearing a turtleneck hiding the (laughs) scars he's got his the right yeah his the rock outfit on to hide the scars (laughs) (laughs) fanny pack and gordon calls him at home saying that uh it didn't take long going through barbara's computer to figure out who she was spending time with. Bruce tries to rationalize it. He was like, look, you know how I lost my parents. The only way I could hold on to my sanity was to take matters into my own hands. And Gordon is just very cold. He's obviously distraught. And it was just basically like, well, that makes two of us. And then we kind of catch up to present time where they raided the Batcave. I like that they're moving in on everybody simultaneously. You know, Nightwing slips back to Dick's apartment and Montoya's there. Hauls him away on the fucking news. Like, everything's out there. And I uh, I guess I'm not as quick as Ben and I was just like, damn, dude, like, I really am impressed with (laughs) Where they're taking this shit. <laughs> what do you think, like, the next week or the next day on this children's show, they're going to be like, wow, it uh, looks like uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum have broken into the circus factory, and oh, I'm still really broken up about Barbara's death. I don't think I can go do any of this stuff. Well, <laughs> but that's the format of the show, though, is that there's these little 20-minute episodes that have very little to do with each other, and so... Barbara dying would kind of throw that off. <laughs> when it would, I guess. I, I mean, you're I, a fucking idiot. You're see, so stupid. <laughs> what I like is uh, like Family Guy violence or something, where they they'll like do a bit so over the top, ridiculous, just to get the laugh right. And that person would be like crippled or something in the next scene, and maybe they even show him crippled in the hospital right after that, and then they just go back to the story. But I feel like Batman, to the credit of the creators of this show and the one before it, and Batman Beyond, which is really good they treat it more seriously than that. Yeah. They wouldn't do something so extreme for real and then just be like, reset. Yeah. doesn't matter. Here's another thing. I was just thinking, Sam, you were talking about Gordon calling and uh, he like 
gets Bruce on the phone and he's like, I saw the Killing Joke cartoon movie. I know what you've been doing with my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) The jig is up. (laughs) I just watched it the other day. That's what Gordon says. His daughter dies. He knows that they've been getting silly on the rooftops. I was like, should we go through all these back issues, man? Yeah, yeah. I've been reading all about my life. (laughs) I know what you've been doing. I was like, damn, should we review the fucking animated version? No, probably not. Okay, so Gordon goes to... You know, I did want to say this is such a waste of time to do this, but Blackgate in uh, Three Jokers was a fantastic thing that needed recognition. The oh, that design des- yeah, that design was... Yeah, I know it has nothing to do with this, but it'll never get said if I don't say it. Now. <laughs> yeah. And I feel yeah. like I just should double down and continue talking about it. It's like yeah. brutal, uh, like huge. Yeah. All right. Cool. So the it's thing about awesome. three jokers is <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to say on the last episode. <laughs> well, when we watched Batman '89, there were a few things that I just <laughs> motherfuckers be listening to this shit like weeks apart, not knowing we're doing them in the same sitting. Oh no, we're not. I just have a good memory. I remember from a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot to mention that multiple weeks ago. That was a dope building. You know this thing we were talking about before the pandemic started. Um, <laughs> remember when you guys used to come here in person? <laughs> Vaguely. So Gordon goes to Arkham, and we have this is shadowy conversation. We can't quite tell who he's talking to, but. Again, they're taking shit really far, and Gordon solicits the help of Bane to take down the bat. Here we have an elegant action sequence. This is where the new adventures outshine the original, is in what they're able to do with the fight scenes and stuff. I remember watching the commentary for this one, and they were talking about, like, watch his footwork they're actually using some fight techniques and some physics, and it's not just uh-huh. like goon number two knocks over Batman with a bag of flour, you know? And he throws uh-huh. a haymaker, and then that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially when you do the full body stuff where you're really getting like top to bottom an entire action sequence because yeah. it's not chopped up to just show fists and faces and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That shot you mentioned with the footwork, like the way the camera is set up there, how it's kind of like over the shoulder from Bane's perspective or like, yeah, right behind him. Mm-hmm. So you see Batman coming at you. Yeah. I think it's cool to do the Bane cameo because the real antagonist of this story is the cops. You know, they're the ones coming after him and bringing in Bane even for a cameo. <laughs> that's normally something I wouldn't like. You know, I mentioned that in uh-huh. Curse of the White Knight, like, oh, you're going to bring in this epic villain and then just waste him. And I was like, Oh, well they decapitated him. That was pretty cool. You know? Uh And again, in this you're showing Batman in top form, taking on Bane, actually able to be more resourceful and take him out. But have Uh Bane still present a challenge and be, Uh of course. Yeah. Have there be a a reason why Gordon picked him? Yeah. Basically fight for him. I just when you brought up the animal thing, I just had this image of like the exact same scene, and Gordon's there, and he's like, "I got you. You'll never believe who I brought." And then it's like a grizzly bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> would never. Would never. Try fighting this Batman. <laughs> it's that smart elephant from the circus. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
I I love all the redesigns in this. Bane has teeth that are reminiscent of the old Scarecrow's teeth. Mm. And I, I wonder where that comes from. But I do love his like kinky leather mask and his spiked <laughs> collar. I think that that is rad. I prefer and, uh, his... That's what I don't like about it. That's the only part. I don't kind of like the head. But the rest of the costume is pretty cool. Yeah, I prefer his old mask, but I, I don't mind it. Yeah, but that was fun and different. I love the rock rubble in the cape maneuver. That's such a cool yes. That is so awesome. That's like Tilden McGuire catching the fruit on the lunch tray in high school. But in a fight scene, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so for anyone who's not watched this in the last 24 hours, the rooftop fight, Bane and Batman, you know, they're getting thrown around and shit starts breaking and Batman detaches his cape and swoops up a bunch of the rubble as it's falling and swings them, you know, like you've seen in Full Metal Jacket. They put fucking quarters soap. in their socks or soap in their socks. Yeah, yep. that's what it was. And swings on Bane super hard. And, uh, you know, again, we're seeing him thinking in the moment, trying to like, okay, this guy's way fucking bigger than me. How can I get out of this? And uh-huh. you have Gordon show up and try to de-escalate Bane, which is insane. It's kind of like when people hire the Joker and then regret it later. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. you're the main villain. I thought I was the main villain. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, my bad. Like, I was thinking you would compromise, you know. Gordon is basically tossed aside and, and is hanging from the ledge. Very quickly, Batman recognizes this, the now very old Gordon <laughs> hanging from the roof and just goes for I the venom cord. I'm not an old man. I can't hang from anything. <laughs> He's even hanging one-handed yeah. at, at one point. I was like, that is improbable and impressive. He does not have arthritis, that Gordon. <laughs> yeah, not in his left hand, anyways. But Batman instantly goes for the venom, cuts it, sends him back into the glass of the bat signal, and shocks the fuck out of him, which, like, he could have died. He doesn't shock him. He electrocutes him. Electrocution leads to death. He kills Bane. Whoa. I mean, yes. That Again, I was very impressed by this. The balls of this episode where Paul was willing to take it in the writing. But then Bane, as he's kind of collapsed, just takes his last breath sort of and rolls the fucked up bat signal at him. Again, you're so used to this show that you're like, all right, in the nick of time, Batman's going to swoop up Gordon and they're going to, oh my God, they're both going off the side? <laughs> like, holy shit. And uh, that's when Barbara wakes up having been on the fear toxin. It was all a dream. But in this, I wasn't mad at it at all. I thought, you know, using Scarecrow was a good way to justify it. It doesn't just like, oh, it was all a dream, the end, roll credits. It's real to her, and she's going, what the fuck are you talking about? And she has all this guilt about keeping her dad in the dark, and they follow it with this amazing epilogue where she makes dinner for him, comes over, and without saying it, he says, look, you don't have to justify your choices to me. Like, I know what's up without saying I know what's up. It's the end that really sells it. Because if they just ended on, okay, it was all a dream, then you're like, what? But they they keep it in the emotional core of the story, uh-huh. and that's what makes it work. I agree completely. I was going to go back momentarily. When no, you need to agree with me, edge. too. 
You say hey. you agree with me and I'm right, and then we'll move on. Yeah, I agree. I agree that you talked for a really long time. I never know when to interrupt you, so I'm constantly having to go back like 12 plot points. So in the beginning when they get in the bat boat. Yeah, yeah. So so it gave me this option to skip the intro, and I was like, why would I want to skip the intro? Gordon goes over the edge, and they do a really cool camera effect to, to show the height of the building, and it's very a la Hitchcock's Vertigo. To, yeah. And it's like very fast. They do multiple things where that are cool camera things that wouldn't have existed in the older stuff. And yeah. they try some very cool stuff in this. And it's kind of like what we talked about with CG, where CG is awesome and it has made some of the coolest like film and TV stuff ever. But it's it's always best when it's like trying to accent or augment something yes. else yeah. rather than just be like, a, look how fucking cool this is that we made this thing. Look, isn't that cool looking? It's it's always better when it's for a different purpose. Yeah. yeah. My thoughts on CG are always like either minimally to just do things that you couldn't otherwise do and only to improve, or I want it to be 100% CG because then there's no disconnect. Like the whole CG is the reality that I'm living in. You know, like the, the whole show is look how cool this is. It's not like, yeah. Yeah. look how cool this one skyscraper yeah. is. It's 3D. Exactly. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing stands out. It all blends together because it's all like the same reality. Any other thoughts on the end before we go into the. Yeah, but they're so tied up with my pros that I'm not going to tell you ever. Okay. Uh, I do want to say, just tied to the ending, I guess, that I've always loved gordon and barbara's relationship in these cartoons yeah. like i swear that she calls him daddy do you have a daddy fetish not in a weird way <laughs> like uh in a real daughter looking up to and loving her father way and yeah. i always thought that that was very nice it's like very intentional it feels like they really love each other and i always thought that that was really nice i think that they're two very sincere characters you know mm-hmm and even though she's gone off in the more lawless direction, they both have that same heart and that same moral compass uh-huh. that really drives them. Neither of them are messed up like Batman or Red Hood or something. Exactly. Uh-huh. What do we got for Easter eggs? Anything? I don't have any actual Easter eggs. I do have one funny thing, though. When you have the villains on the TV show, you know, talking about how Batman's all crazy and batman's a bad guy harley says something about his eyes blazing like fire and i was like the animated series batman always has straight up white eyeballs there is no fire what are you talking about well and i think then, it's in that same sequence they have johnny cochran so, so stupid. Oh, yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's my, that's my next yeah, no, my yeah. next my next note is uh black councilman rhymes. Like <laughs> what like why? He doesn't have to do that. Minor Easter egg. It's just another I like the callback to having a Robin suit encased in the glass. Yeah. And I kind of feel like animated series that's just like that's just Dick's costume. But it still just kind of is a reminder of that and a tie into that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dead kids make it all better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman makes also, mistakes. That's what I mean. <laughs> oh. In, inversely to Batman's always white eyeballs, I love that Gordon's eyeballs are just little black dots. It made me think of, so I married an axe murderer. The dad has that whole thing about like, ah, the colonel and his wee beady eyes. 
I haven't seen that in a long time. I, I could quote a few parts of it still, but it's been like 20 years. Oh. Harriet. Yeah. Sweet Harriet. Head. Harry. Head. Head. Pants. No. Nah. Yes. <laughs> Trifecta detective category. What do we got? There's no detective There's work. There's no detective work. Gordon finds the bat's identity pretty quickly. He, he looks on her computer. <laughs> That's like, yeah, he watched a cartoon. He watched an animated movie. <laughs> yeah. Does not count. He is a professional detective. That does not count. Okay, ninja. Oh, the Bane fight scene. Yeah. Catching the rocks in the cape. That was awesome. Jumping off the cliff in the bat cave to get down to the bat boat. Yeah. Dick's whole fight with the police. Well, and when he jumps with Tim in his arms, and Tim's like, we're going to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trauma? The show is so short and so action-packed on top of that. They don't delve into it a lot. But it is his failure, but it's mainly just him running. And it kind of is yeah. more Barbara's trauma, not so much like it's her her worry about what could happen. For sure. It's sort of like in Three Jokers, we talk about Batman's guilt over Jason. And this is sort of transferring that in an alternate reality to him and Barbara. You know, mm-hmm. that like I endangered her. I betrayed Gordon's trust. You know, it's similar dynamic there, but just crammed into a very short story. Yeah. I love that all of this content is being explored in a cartoon. That's very cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I was just very impressed with this. And I guess that lead me into prose. First thing I'll say is just that there's real stakes in this episode. You know, it's, it's, it's it's a mature subject, but there are real consequences in this episode. I acknowledge, like Ben saying, that that the Scarecrow thing is, the toxin is kind of a gimmick, but at the same time, I don't know how how else to explore these kind of themes yeah. without without the aid of a tool like that, because that's that's some like universe altering stuff, but you could use that to explore some like very real life consequence and portions of gordon and batman's relationship that never has to get explored because this certain scenario has never happened but all this yeah there's always that line exactly it's contingent on one thing that never happens but if it did all of a sudden shit absolutely hits the fan and it's easy to do a what if story that's not good but much like the last episode i mean we acknowledge okay this starts out with a, a gimmick that should not work uh-huh. But really does because of all the heart and and the way that they know these characters. Well, I disagree. You're completely wrong on this point. Well, fuck yourself and die. <laughs> fuck you. We're still um, friends. Continue. <laughs> but I mean, I do. I do disagree because even though, like the fact that I saw through it, that's because I'm really smart. That's not because the show is bad. Yeah. It's because you're in your 30s and it's for children. I'm in my 40s. I'm. I didn't. I'm. Shut I'm up. Plenty of dumb things have done dream episodes. It's all a dream. It can be okay in that whatever that property is if you just want to see the weird what if thing. But then when they wake up at the end, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. But in this, because it is coming from an established villain's established gimmick, gimmick not as a bad thing, but like what he, he's known for. Yeah. I think it works perfect because that is what the scarecrow does. That's half the time he just makes some kind of crazy hallucination or something. Yeah. So it works well in the context of the villain. But then it also works on multiple layers because so you have his fear hallucination kicking this whole thing off so we get to see this thing that would never happen. It could never happen. 
But then when you add in the layer of, because like when I was watching it and I thought like, wow, so the whole reason the police don't try and shoot him all the time is because he never fucks up. Like, so he fucks up once. He didn't throw her off the building. The bad guy threw her off the building. Yeah. And so because of that, now they're all just going to shoot him and take him out. Uh-huh. But because it's not just that, it's because this is all her fear, her worst case scenario yes. fear. Uh-huh. Is that she hurts that, everyone through her own actions. Yeah, yeah. What's the worst that could happen having not told him that she was doing this? And that's how he finds out with her dying in it. Yeah. And uh-huh. how it ripples out and fucks everything up. And so to have that be from the scarecrow's fear toxin, and then to have it tie into the end where she wants to reveal to him and he basically says, no, I know you're back, girl. And that's okay. That's for you to do. I respect that. So it's, it's not just here's this terrible thing that like, this is what would happen if Batman messed up once. Yeah. It's that she's afraid that that's what would happen. And her father tells her that, no, it's okay. Yeah. I uh-huh. know that you do this. It's all right. And what you mentioned here about the Scarecrow if this had been more of a Scarecrow episode, because he's barely in it, right? But if you had been watching a Scarecrow episode and in the second act, that's when the crazy shit happens and the stakes really ramp up, right? Then you would already be conscious. You would have seen his gas on other people. You would have already been in that world. But the fact that you see him for all of 10 seconds or something, you know, you caught it, but again, it's a, it's a very subtle, like it's a way to explain it away, but they haven't really brought you into that showdown. They haven't really given you much scarecrow at all. It's, Cause it's a midway flashback too. So yeah. And so it's enough to, to throw you off and shock you a little bit. Yeah. I'm not a little kid. So that's why I saw through it right away. And but I am. I can only imagine you are a little kid. You're wearing Batman pajamas right now. Actually, yeah, I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I can only imagine what it would have been like as a kid to see this. Because as a kid, oh yeah, you don't have anything. You just like you're on board. You're like, oh my god, Batgirl died. They know he's Bruce Wayne. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Are, are these creators all on a mission to like hurt the minds and hearts of children <laughs> everywhere? That's what every adult? every good creator, but especially a creator creating things for children, understands that. That's why Yoda dies. That's why Bambi's mom dies. I get it. That's so cool. Hashtag dream job. Dream job. Okay, what what else you guys got for uh, pros here? Anything we didn't talk about? Uh, Nightwing's mullet, but I talked about that already. (laughs) Nightwing picks somebody up, doesn't he? He picks a human up and throws him at another human. Well, yeah, with his hair like Medusa. That's pretty cool. No, I don't think I have anything else. I really enjoyed it. I liked the character redesigns i liked scarecrow's redesign specifically i thought that was very cool especially since the other one was so like iconic in my head not because it was like super dope he's literally a scarecrow but i like this version is very fresh and it looks a lot more like um something you might see in hellboy or something instead it's very black and very shadowy and it's scarier like the way he looks in the long halloween that's a good version of that but the Uh animated scarecrow in the original i not really into well let me ask you guys which version are you thinking of though because in the og series he was the only character that actually got a revamp part of the way through i'm just picturing oh, like know. the like burlap sack the narrow skinny bag head yeah i think so yeah okay because yeah, yeah. his first yeah. appearance that's what he looked like and then on his second or third appearance he had the round head with the scary teeth and everything and that uh-huh. that's my favorite oh. one where he has like the messy straw hair 
Maybe we have I, to look at that again. Then. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, now that you say that, I do remember that. And I I like that one better than I liked the skinny head one. Yeah, definitely. And then this is just kind of another aside that I also enjoy. I've actually got a, the one of those pre-orders I was telling you about for the statues is the that second design of Scarecrow. I'm, I'm excited oh. to get that because they're hard to find. Uh, this, um, this Scarecrow, more than any of the designs mm-hmm. in this show... I can see what would eventually become the overall style for Batman Beyond, mm. which, as I've said before, I, I really like that show and I like the style of it. And it's it's like that kind of the Hellboy, the Mike Bignola, like high mm-hmm. contrast, bold lines, solid blacks. Like, yeah, lots of like squared off edges and hard geometry like that. Yeah, and Glenn Murakami, I think is his name, who worked on this episode and became like one of the main guys on Batman Beyond, and he also mm. did Teen Titans, which I didn't know until I looked him up. The only other thing I'll add in prose is just to underscore the the pacing and the structure of the storyline. Opening, end of the first act being a big shock, surprise cameo from Bane, you know, satisfying conclusion after the big reveal. You know, again, it's just, it's no small feat to use this many things from your bag of tricks in a uh-huh. short story like that. It's just... I know Paul excels in these really short stories, but that was that was excellent. It's a lot to do in less than thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, and for there to be this much to talk about, because that's always my my worry. Anytime you talk about doing an animated series episode, it's like they're all fun to watch, but a lot of times it seems like there's just not a whole lot to them. Like some yeah. stuff happens, but there's not a whole lot you can overanalyze or get into. Well, and originally I was because we did a two parter on the first one. And so when I was, uh-huh. I have been watching the whole series from the very, very beginning. And I was like, all right, I'm going to finish watching these and see which two we can talk about together on the show. And when I saw this, I was like, oh no, there's plenty here. This is great. Yeah, for sure. Um, cons. I don't have anything. I have no cons. Yeah, me neither. And therefore, I rated a five. I also give this a five. Yeah, I give it a five. Oh the my only, god! The only real detractor, and maybe maybe I'll give it a three, just to you know. Fuck you! That didn't give me a look of approval. You can't it take it back. Good. Yeah, like yeah. It. Um, it's just because it's so short. Yeah. That even despite what I just said, it still is a little like leaner than a comic book. Yeah. A bigger story with more more to it. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if you just picked up a single issue comic off the rack? And you got all of this out of it? I'm like, holy uh-huh. shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know how you would maintain this pace because you certainly couldn't have like a full hour's worth of like this many reveals because it would just yeah. be just like a massive pyramid of cliffhangers. But in its own way, this is like an equivalent to Mask of the Phantasm stuff to me with like what yeah. it's proposing and, and, and the content and the real stakes and the humanity of all this stuff. It has similar feels to me. And if I remember right, I think Alan Burnett was the credited for story on that film. And you're absolutely right. Like, as you were leading up to that, I was like, damn, this is kind of like Phantasm, actually, because uh-huh. they do cram so much in there, but it's all done very intentionally. And there's still so much emotional resonance. And, you know, they understand the characters, they're serving the characters, not just using pawns to keep their story exciting. You know, it's like everything is in its right place. 
such a great way to use multiple villains without having them be like dumb punching bag for one scene. Yeah. yeah. The Bane thing too was a little extra cool to me that he hires Bane specifically because like he would know that Batman really struggled with that dude. Yeah. And so that's the guy he's like, oh, I, that's the dude I got to hit up because otherwise you would think probably Joker is like the go to. But he's not that stupid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That would go bad. <laughs> James. Yeah, I like that. That's who he hits up. Uh, he struggled with him. He's the most likely to take this guy out. Gordon's just like, if it doesn't work out, I'll shoot him. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Then he escaped. I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, I, I gotta be strong. <laughs> he was like, bird. And then it just got, it got away from me. Did you cut it already? I was about to. I just wanted to say that I'm thankful to have you guys as friends and to have been a part of each other's lives for so long to continue to create things together and to find ways to hang, especially with the way that the last year was. And then additionally, just thanks to anybody who might listen to this stuff because it's not our reason for creation, but it's always nice to find that people enjoy this stuff that you make. And I'm just thankful for the people who are taking the time to listen to our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Happy new year. I'm glad to do this with you guys. Cause we have a nice familiarity where we can be mean to each other and make fun uh-huh. of each other and make fun of the things that we're talking about, but also genuinely talk about the things we like in them. It's not like, I don't feel like we're, this thing sucks and is stupid. And I'm not a little kid. And this is, you're idiots for like, it's like we <laughs> genuinely like this stuff and yeah, that anyone would want to listen to this. You're idiots, but <laughs> no, no, what I meant to say is thank you. I'm glad, I hope you enjoy it. On that note, I'm going to edit all this shit out. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually been great because I get all the social interaction I need out of this show and I'm content to uh, stay in these walls the whole rest of the time. And it's been great you know people are like oh how you been holding up in the pandemic i know you work from home and like whatever and i'm like yeah i don't need to go anywhere it's great i love it here yeah <laughs> this rules so the show is no small part of that it's been fun this is robin thanks for checking out the bat fanatic podcast with sammy Warmhands. all right that is our show thank you guys once again for always listening we appreciate your support help spread the word Tag us on social media at BatFanAddict. Give us that five-star rating on your iPhone. Put us in your stories. Whatever you can do, we appreciate it. We're going to be back next week. Again, we're on the weekly schedule up until the Snyder Cut drops. Bringing you a classic Scott Snyder, an early pre-New 52 story. This is going to be Batman the Black Mirror from Detective Comics. Really fun story. Different villain in this one, all right? So stay tuned. We'll be back with all the comics. And then we're going to dive into the Snyderverse, all right? Snyder Cut is coming. Stay tuned.